Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome to Thursday Trust Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 736. Welcome to Trot's Life for your Thursday. No J-Bond today. A few little uh, changes. And we've introduced a uh, new segment and straight off the top, it's the leaky shower segment, we're calling it. I actually don't know. That shit. My shower must be leaking. <laughs> Tim O'Connor, this could be the shortest stint uh, having a weekly segment on a radio show ever because you've threatened to walk out before it started. Well, if I was in the studio, I would walk out. I don't know if I can. Uh, that's that's going to be the worst intro to a new segment ever. But uh, anyway, good to be with you, mate. It's um, that's uh, one that'll leave long in the archives at SEN. I reckon that little bit of uh, entertainment there. Yeah, that was very funny. Uh, I did enjoy it, and I will enjoy playing that every week as your <laughs> intro. So, what we just what, what we're thinking is just the first fifteen minutes uh, on a Thursday, just catching up with yourself and, and and a bit more of a newsy based sort of update on a few things. Some things people will have already heard during the week, but I suppose not everyone's across everything, and there'll be listeners on SE and Track that mightn't have caught up on too much and. I suppose kicking it off, Tim, uh, that's my new broadcast announcement that I've just done. Have you got any uh, new broadcast announcements as well? Well, I've got some news. I can I can help you with some news. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be uh, particularly through this busy period. Toby, we can um, we can, we can uh, touch on the, the stories of the day. And uh, I like uh, breaking the odd story here and there. So I might even keep a bit of information up my sleeve and maybe we can come in armed with uh, some exciting news to, to pump up the start of the Thursday. But... Where should we start? Should we start with... Uh, I've got an update on Leap to Fame. Yeah, that, yep. I reckon we should start there. So, yep. of course, anyone that followed it in the last week or so, there's been a bit of conversation around whether or not uh, Leap to Fame would actually make it down here from Queensland. Of course, he's won the New South Wales and Queensland derbies, and he's a boom three-year-old. He, uh, he ha- there's been a few flight issues, I guess, and uh, a bit of concern around getting him from Queensland here to Victoria, but uh, it was all hinging on last night. He jumped on a plane, I think, about 11pm in Queensland. He arrived in Melbourne. I spoke to Grant Dixon about an hour ago. He has the horse with him here in Victoria, so he's here ready to compete on in the heats, the Victoria Derby heats on Saturday night. He's based at uh, Clinton Welsh's property, which... Uh, my best research suggests that that's in Toolan Vale. I don't know much about Clinton, but uh, his property is listed in Toolan Vale, so not far from the Melton track. Uh, Grant's happy with him. Just a couple of quotes uh, that I'm just putting together now for the trots.com.au. Uh, I think we put him on the horse flight about 4.30am. He seems really bright and seems good. He'll just have a jog canter, and that'll be about him. That's before Saturday night. He's had a lot of work at home, so that should keep everything as good as we can have him. Of course, he's won the 14 of 19 career starts, the New South Wales and Queensland derbies, and um, he's one of the key players in the market. Wombat for the final on October 8. 
It's not an ideal lead up though, flying uh, two nights before, let me tell you. No, it couldn't be. It, it certainly wouldn't be. And I spoke to Kevin uh, Seymour, the owner, yesterday, and um, he said that. He said, that, you know, it's not ideal, but we've just got to work with what we've got. It's a dream for us to chase uh, a third Eastern Seaboard derby. So they've, uh, they're one step closer to that. I guess you just want him to see him qualify. I don't think they're, at least Kevin wasn't holding out much hope uh, of him winning the heat on Saturday night. But um, if he can just get through and uh, draw well in the final, he's going to be a big player. If he wins the final, he becomes one of our greatest three-year-olds ever. I was, you're better at place than me 100%, to discuss mate. that. There wouldn't be many who would have won three derbies, surely, if any. Oh, uh, there would be, yeah. Courage and the Fire, I'm guessing. Might have didn't win the Victorian Derby. Certainly, uh, Impressionist one, two. Uh, there'd be a number. Of th- we'd have to do some research on that. A challenge but for you going it, forward. It would really put him up with some of our greatest three-year-olds ever, particularly uh, in, like, this Victorian Derby is going to be some sort of a field, mate. Mm. Oh, it's unreal, isn't it? Uh, of course, um uh, catch a wave, Captain Ravishing, and leap to fame of the big three guns, at least in the betting. And then there's other horses that are, that but, uh, are really talented. Just a little sip for Joe Pace, well, well, for instance. Um, home, Holmes DJ, Holmes DJ for Barry Purden won the New South Wales and Victorian derbies. He's brought a horse over and never brought an ordinary horse over here. So it's a real player, Major Perry. And District Attorney, have got Blake Caruana on later in the show. He comes off being beaten in a Yarra Valley just midweek race, but I'm telling you, mate, here's something about this horse. He was my, uh, he was my big early crow at the start start of the year as to who would uh, make their Vic Derby. I, I did do a horse last year called Better Eclipse that uh, Jason Bonington said I was out of my mind, and District Attorney was this year's. Uh, he could win it. He's the horse with the right run. District Attorney could still win the race at big odds. He'd be. What would he be in that? He'd be. $30, $40 in the markets, I'd suggest, for yeah. the final, something around that mark. So he ran second to catch a wave, didn't he, that night at Bendigo in one of those... Um, APG, APG finally ran. He took yeah. a lot of ground off him in a he final, did. and uh, he's got a lot of ability. I think he's going to be a better four-year-old than three-year-old. Uh, other news, mate, the new broadcast announcement. Uh, I was lucky enough to be at HRV offices last week for a training day, and... I'm really excited about Ryan Phelan coming aboard and what he's going to be doing over the next six months, but there's a bit more to it than that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah I was there as well, and Ryan's been a great little addition. So Ryan Phelan, many will, will remember him. He's been across a number of shows, uh, Seven Network, Fox Sports, Channel 10, and he's had stints at Sky Racing. He's currently there at Sky Racing. You see him covering some of the big races at Menangle um, in recent times. So he's a great get for us. He's on as a, a, a bit of a, a, a two two-way role for him. It's uh, part mentor and a, bit of a consultant. It's sort of a six-month deal at the moment, but he's also going to be an on-air presenter for some of our big race meetings coming up. And the first of those is the Victoria Cup meeting on, on October 8th. So we're excited to announce today, uh, it hit the channels just this morning, that um, oh, it's announced by interim CEO Fiona Meller that that October 8th Victoria Cup meeting, which will also include the Derby final, the Oaks final, um, Ladies in Reds return to racing in the Make Mine Cullen, it'll be shown with extended coverage on free-to-air TV, so channel 78, 68 in regional areas, so that's the Racing.com channel, and 7 Plus. So that partnership with Racing.com has been super in the past, and it will continue. So October 8th, on free-to-air TV, channel 78 and 68 in regional areas, and 7 Plus. Also, has been confirmed that the Inter-Dominion Grand Final night on Saturday, December 10, will be on those channels, free-to-air, and also the AG Hunter Cup meeting on February 4, 
all going across. So three big meetings, Wombat on free-to-air TV, racing.com and 7 Plus. Going to be really exciting. Don't know if I'll get a gig. Maybe you will, but uh, maybe somewhere I'm, in the background I can I can help out. Yeah, I'll be working in the background as well, mate. I won't be on uh, any screens as such. Of course, everyone will be able to watch that with the sound down and tune in live to SEN Track on uh, Saturday night, 6 till 10, with Damo Watson and uh, whoever else will be on with Damo. And back plenty of winners. That's exactly <laughs> right. We can, um, we can sort something out there. So, anyway, really exciting news there. I mean, that's... Uh, the the numbers I think reading this media release that uh, the Hunter Cup meeting ranked second of all time for turnover uh, in betting turnover. So w- we know that you know us punters are pretty uh, funny characters. If we win on Saturday on the punt, we like to keep betting into Saturday night, and if we lose, we want to try and get our money back. So that's um, it'll work well I think in terms of turnover as well. Hunter Cup uh, second biggest uh, turnover of all time. Do you know in the last fifteen years, seventeen years, the highest turnover on course race meeting we hold? Oh, is he there or is he dropped out? I got nothing. Talk is gone. He didn't like that question. He did not like that question. The answer is Melbourne Cup Day. And Melbourne Cup Day, Yarravelli is going to run a couple of grass track races, something I know a lot about this. It's a proposal I did when I was at Trots Cos Victoria many years ago. And uh, on now, uh, no, that was from before. So we've lost talk, but, yeah, a couple of grass track races at Yarravelli, very exciting for an up to 55 and a 55 or more. They ran a similar race at Maribor a few weeks ago, which I spoke about last Wednesday. Terrific concept. Love the idea of getting back to grass track racing, and I'd love to see it expand out a lot further. He's there. Talk. did you hear my question? I did, and I answered it. What and, was the uh, answer? I don't know was the answer. Melbourne Cup Day at Yarra Valley. They've had, we, we, when I was there working there, on-course turnover could be as high as $160,000, Wow. Because they do get, I saw a number, you know, five thousand sort of credit. Nah, that, yeah, no, no. Miles off in the mid in the mid two thousands. Uh, in the oh, from mid nineties to two thousand and five, it was it was in excess of ten thousand every year. Uh, it's back down to sort of the four or five now. Carry Jennifer won six derbies: Great Northern Derby, New Zealand Derby, Victoria Derby, Australian Derby, New South Wales Derby, and Queensland Derby. Oh, well, he's done it there. Um, that was Steve Cleave. Uh, well, he yeah. certainly enters, um, maybe not that sort of uh, status, but it's certainly <laughs> no. he's certainly going to be one of the few that have won three. Um, I don't know if he can. I, it's a bit against him, isn't there? But um, oh, it's great to have him here. It just adds a real uh, significant uh, element to this to the race, and I just can't wait to see him go around. He's I know a lot of people are spruiking him. He, he appears the he's this he's probably the safest. Is he the safest bet of the three big guns, do you reckon? No. In terms of you know what you're going to get from him? He's tough. Not. I'd want to see him Saturday night after this strange week first. Yeah, I mean, if we can get through. I'm just, um, I guess with Catch a Wave, if you just to pick apart, maybe he's a touch quirky. Correct. Can you do something wrong? That would be my knock on him, yeah. And with Captain Ravishing, is he a derby horse? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's your question. And do you want to take $2, $2.20 about a horse that, haven't seen over that distance and you know of course his sectionals have been electric but he's just been given those races basically on a platter so he looks to be unders to me leap to fame you know what you're going to get if he gets through this trip right maybe maybe if he just gets through and then he gets through to this final he might be a big player so i am on i'm happy to divulge i'm on a, a captain ravishing at about 550 with a small bet but 
there's $21 bet about him, and I know a few people there <laughs> that have got that. So pretty exciting times for those people. Mate, we're going to get to a break in about 30 seconds. ID noms have hit. Do you know when rankings will come out? Because it's it's a formula system, so probably shouldn't be yep. too hard. Yeah, so uh, tomorrow they'll be up on our website, I'm told. So 151 yep. nominations uh, for the series are through up on our website, thetrots.com.au. So jump on there and look at all the nominations and the rankings will be through Friday. And you've spoken about the grass track uh, trot, yep. I think. I ticked it as well. off. So very exciting times. Hopefully that's uh, brought you up to speed. And we'll I'll jump back in Thursday and give us all the info uh, ahead of a big uh, Victoria Cup meeting on October 8th. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for the leaky shower update. We will get to a break, mate, and uh, come back the other side with Sebastian Steenhouse, who has a runner in both the heats of the Victorian Derby and the Victorian Oaks. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trots Life. Toby McKinnon in the host chair today, flying solo, sort of, from here on end. But we'll have guests who are out, so I won't be really solo. And our first guest today is Sebastian Steenhouse. Sebastian, how are you, mate, and whereabouts are you today? Yeah, very good, Toby. Um, at work today, just at the Ballarat Base Hospital. Oh, yeah. Um, do a bit of, got a contract there and maintenance and building work, so, Yeah. So you juggle the two, do you? Part-time harness racing professional and full and and the hospital as well. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, we do the horses in the morning. Um, we get up about four thirty. We go out and train uh, the team, whatever, and then try to get to work at about between eight and nine o'clock and do a day's work from there. Now, uh, people will be familiar. We had Brittany Bryan on a few times. A couple of times last year, she's uh, yep. just had her second child, which, well, not just had, it was probably December, was it? When, just after Christmas, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, something like that, little um, little Charlie, yep. She's yep. got uh, Wyatt Flynn and Charlie. Yeah, Wyatt Flynn and Charlie. So she's just having a little break, and you've sort of taken yep. over the, the training of the horses, is that right? Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, I've, I've always had a license, but um, oh, we, we, we got a, I got a little set up at home at Glen Park, and... Brittany, uh, yeah, they were working the horses there. We were all doing it together. Um, me, Brittany, and my wife, Donna. So yep. we'd get the, the job done. And then when the second little bub come along, it's um, yeah, time to slow down. And, yeah, Brittany's looking after the kids. And, yeah, she's done a good job with the horses. And um, we're just sort of carrying it on a bit. You've had some good good and loyal owners. I know you got a horse in today for Phil Devereaux and... It seems like there's been a lot of uh, Steenhouse and Devereaux combinations over the years. Yeah, there has. Yeah, now Phil's a terrific bloke. Um, yeah, we've had a fair few horses with him. So my son, Zach, started um, training horses for him. And, um, yeah, we just, we just keep popping up a few and breeding a few each year. And, um, yeah, they just keep um, winning a race or two here and there, so which is good. Phil Rocks, it's in today. It's had the four starts. You might as well put a line through the first up run back at Maryborough. What are your expectations with Phil Rocks? Oh, she, yeah, she, she, we, she's it's probably a, this will be the first actual race for her for a while because um, she ran as a two-year-old and then been, we just put her in the paddock um, for that long, long stint and um, had a couple of trials and then unfortunately the other day sort of got knocked down at the start. So yeah, we'll just go around today and see how she goes. But um, yeah, she's just she's a bit of a trier, so just hope, hope keep our fingers crossed she goes all right today. 
Yeah, I don't think she's quite um, going to get to sort of Oaks level or anything like that from what we've no, seen as a two-year-old. I, I, I don't think so, no. You've, you, you've had some nice horses along the way, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tallulah Bay would have to be the best, mate. Yeah, she's probably, yeah, I'd say so. So, yeah, she won the Tatlow, and and um, she was nominated uh, for the two-year-old of the year. Um, yep. Uh, she was three of the horses in that as a, as a two-year-old season, so she put in a good season there, and and three-year-old was good. good, And then um, as a four-year-old, she actually, um, she got sort of, we thought she got colic, and she actually did have colic, and had to have an operation on her to save her, and, and um, that's how her career is cut short. So she's in the breeding barn now. So she ran eight. Go from there with her. She ran eighth in a Vic Oaks heat back in the day. Yeah, we watched that. Yeah. Oh well, I actually looked at the, the the results the other day. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully to on Saturday night we can qualify one for it. So hundred percent. So let's move to that. Relentless me is clearly a better chance of the two. I would have thought and. Barrier three looks a pretty good barrier for her. She's always been a very nice filly. And, yeah, as you say, it'd be lovely to get her into the final. Yeah, that's right, yep. So I hope we can um, utilise the draw a bit because she's got a good draw, good gate speed, and she loves the front. But um, we'll just take it from there, see how she goes. And, and um, yeah, if we can qualify, we'll be real happy. It's a bit tricky qualifying with the three heats now, isn't it? Because you've got to run basically top four. Yeah, that's right, yep. So, anyway, we just yeah, try to do our best we, we can. So, I don't know if they usually only have... I think they used to only have the two heats, but, yeah, they've got the three heats this year, so... Which I don't mind. I, I'd rather see 30. No, no, 30. that's fair enough, yes. Yeah, crack, that's yeah. right. 100%. Yeah, now, yeah, that's it. Now, uh, take us to... Oh, I've just lost him in my notes here. Uh, Victory George, race six, he's got the run. He was first emergency, but you've got the run yep. in... I don't think Codename Marcus is going to hold the front, so you're going to be buried back on the pegs. And I'm pretty sure uh, you'll be aiming to run sixth will be a win for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, we'll just give him an economical run on the inside there and just keep our fingers crossed and see how he goes. And, um, yeah, it was pretty strong, pretty strong race in the, that race. So if he, if he, as long as he holds himself well in the race, we'll be happy. I mean, he, he only ran fourth at Maryborough last start, but they dashed home 27-6, 27-9, and if he's back on the pegs and can replicate that, he's not going to run last, I wouldn't have thought, and I don't think he wins it, of course, but, yeah, he's going to be a sneaky chance of finding a final. Yeah, we hope so. Yeah, Maryborough the other day, he got dragged back at about the, at the 400, the 450-metre mark, so probably cost him a run the place. That, that did, and, um, yeah, so... But anyway, it was pretty happy with that run as well. So, if you're a betting man, and I said only one of them would qualify, which one do you think will qualify? Oh, I'd have to say relentless me, but you know, stranger things have happened, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's we'll she's just keep our fingers crossed. The third at Yarra Valley, she improved off that. It was a very similar race actually to that one at Maryborough we just mentioned. She ran third. They ran home in twenty-seven six, twenty-seven six. But Beach Memories and District Attorney. A pretty nice horses that she was chasing. Is you expect a bit of improvement yep. out of that? Oh well, we're just we're trying to get a. She'd um, she's been start, starting to over race a little bit. Like um, we fired her up out the gate at Melton there a few starts back, and and uh, in a in a strong race, and she just over raced big time in the death seat, you know. 
So, and she gets a bit fiery going up to the gate. So we've just been trying to settle her down a few trials. And, um, yeah, just so well, I can't afford to be jumping on the chewy too much. Otherwise, you burn all your energy up. So yeah. we've just been trying to settle her down a little bit. Um, uh, and so, well, just just on Saturday night, if, if you get to the front, whatever there, she'll settle down good. But she seems to over-race if you sit in the death seat or whatever. So Yeah, okay. But anyway, but um, yeah, so because you you don't know what's going to happen in the in in the races if if, if um you just have to have your horse to settle, especially over the distance of that trip this year. So we just keep our fingers crossed. She settles in the run and goes from there. So very good, Sebastian. Well, I'd love to see both of them get through, and you'll be flying the flag for a lot of the littler people of the sport, 100%, I reckon, and uh, great to see a local with only a couple of horses in work, uh, getting them both yep. through to such a big night on Saturday night and maybe even Saturday week. Yeah, very good. Thanks a lot for that. There's Sebastian Steenhouse. He's 57 years of age. He's trained 59 winners, a little better than one a year, but a pretty good strike rate of 11% as well. And he's had some nice little horses across the journey, I think, uh, the team there, the, the Steenhouse team and, and Brittany O'Brien as well, uh, they've done a wonderful job with Relentless Me, bringing her through at top level as well. Of course, took her. she won the Tasmanian Oaks earlier in the year. We had her on, geez, was it, it was about this time last year, maybe a few weeks earlier before the uh, Tatlow Stakes, and I was very keen on her running a placing on that night, and she was massive odds, and uh, she was always drawn to sit behind the leader on that occasion, and she did run second uh, in that event, and so I thought a little bit of synergy. Let's get them back on, and let's hopefully we can get them into the final of the Victorian Oaks. It's been a great race over the years. Off the text machine, Captain Joy did it after Courage Under Fire did. That'll be referring to uh, how many derbies uh, Captain Joy had won. Uh, he was a very, very good horse. Captain Joy didn't really go on with it. I think it'd be fair to say that he didn't turn into a an absolute top liner. Uh, Captain Joy, as far as Grand Circuit racing goes, I suppose in, in many regards, uh, Courage Under Fire didn't really go on with it either. So Captain Joy, as a three-year-old, won the Choken Championship, a Group 3 level race. He won the New South Wales Derby. He won the Queensland Derby. And he won the Victorian Derby. So he won the three Eastern State Derbies. He also won the Breeders' Challenge uh, in New South Wales as well. So he won the four Group 1s and a Group 3 as a three-year-old and uh, pretty good effort. Let's get to the 11.30 news. Uh, Darren Carroll with Giddy Up. He will be ready, hopefully, on the other side as Tomo has got the scissors out. And he's about to cut that segment up for us. So we'll catch up with Darren Carroll's tips uh, from Giddy Up with Gareth Hall today, just the other side of this break. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trots Life. Toby McKinnon, your host. Let's catch up. Darren Carroll, our expert tipster, He's tipping every day with Gareth Hall. And uh, for those that missed it, uh, he's, I'm getting hand signals from Tomo here. I thought I was landing a plane then for a second. 
the way the hand signals were going. Uh, for those that missed it, uh, let's catch up with Darren Carroll on Giddy Up with Gareth Hall from this morning. Morning, Gareth. Yeah, we'll head to Melton first. It's mainly um, restricted type racing at Melton, which I don't tend to, to mind that type of racing. So I've targeted two races today that are restricted type races, so horses that probably aren't on the top of people's lips, but I think they've just found the right races. So race three, number two, Mr. Nien. Um This is no star, of course, but um, it just finds the suitable conditions. Uh, it's got young Ever Justice having her eighth drive, and I think she's going to get a first winner today. She's the daughter of, of John Justice, and it's a dad's horse. I think it finds the front. doesn't look like a lot of pressure in the race, and um, won't be pretty because it'll look like it's under pressure at about the 300, but that's just the way it races, and I just think it'll just keep finding, and uh, it'll get us home a winner and uh, hopefully get uh, Ever's first win for her. So, yeah, she drives good. Um, only had the limited amount of opportunities, but I think she'll have a future in the sport. Um, then we go to race seven, number one, Hello IT. Uh, it's currently short favourite at the moment. That's just because the odds on favourite was scratched and doesn't look like the market's corrected itself yet. So probably don't go diving into the uh, the even money that's showing at the moment. I think it'll get out to better odds than that. It's zero wins from 27 starts, and it probably epitomises these kind of meetings in that uh, it gets its opportunity today. Um, David Barbetti's the driver. We mentioned David about a week or so ago that he loves to lead. Uh, he gets that opportunity today. Uh, two starts ago at Geelong at Lead and only got beaten a couple of metres in a stronger race than this. Um, I'm always a firm believer that every horse usually gets its chance to win a race and today's Hallowai T's chance to win a race. So, but don't rush into the early money yet. Um, I think it'll get out in the market. So that's my Melton tips. Um, then we go to Swan Hill. Um, Keen on one here, and it's the Swanee or Trotters Cup tonight, um, which is a bit unusual that having the Trotters Cup on a separate night than their pacing cup, but very keen on one here today, and my best bet of the day. Race seven, number three, um, Coo Callum, um, trained by Chris Finocio. This horse had uh, had two runs since resuming from a six-month spell. Both of those times, it's hit the line really strongly, and it's come up in the sectionals that HRV provide um, as really, really good times, closing times. So it's ready to win. Um, tonight, it's off the standing start. It's only had two stands for Chris. Both those stands, it's led. Um, the last time it led was in the Terrain Trotters Cup. Um, and I think it was a better race and better informed race than what it meets tonight. Uh, we're getting around about $4.80 to $5 on Bet365 at the moment. And I just think it's perfectly placed and... Uh, it's a really good opportunity to get something at a bit of value tonight. There's Darren Carroll on Giddy Up with Gareth Hall, tipping at Melton today. Race three, number two, Mr. Nien. Race seven, number one, Hello IT. I was looking at Hello IT as Darren was talking about it, and it's hard to tip a horse like that with any confidence. Oh, I've done it plenty of times. They're normally at big odds as well. Uh, it's, yes, 27 starts, four placings. Wow. And... Tonight at Swan Hill, race seven, number three, Koo Cullen, who's a horse that did come from New Zealand. Loves, I think it's going to love the longer trip racing of cup racing. I think it's just made for that long trip cup, that 2700 sort of metre stand start races. That's what its forte was in New Zealand. It was racing really good horses over there as well. It's into its second prep here. Chris Sinocio horses. They generally need two or three runs, so it will be primed for tonight, I reckon. And Chris 
taking just the two to Swan Hill. He's obviously thrown a travelling companion in as well. So he's targeted this race, and starting off the front, I think it'll be very, very hard to beat. Let's get a breakaway, Tomo, and we'll come back the other side with Blake Caruana, the horse, or the man or the trainer or the co-trainer in the horse I tipped from about five months ago to win the Victorian Derby District Attorney. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trots Life and I'm joined now by Blake Caruana. He's 21 years of age, training in partnership now with his father, Ted. Blake, mate, how are you and whereabouts do we find you today? Uh, G'day, Tobes. How are you? Today I'm in uh, sunny Melton. Just working away. Someone's got a bloody lawnmower behind me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, not just out and about, just working away. Just finished up with the horses this morning, and uh, yeah, on site now. Very good, mate. Uh, now, district attorney, you, you know, I I uh, was on this fan club. I was on the bandwagon very, very early doors, and I just want to. You're in that brilliant second in the APG final, and almost like a thoroughbred trainer does. You've just said our next big target is going to be the Victorian Derby. And it's mm-hmm. just like all eggs are in the Victorian Derby basket from that moment the APG final took place where you're in that brilliant second to catch a wave. Um, yeah, you could you could say that. Um, look, we've sort of taken a more long-term approach with his preparation. Um, you know, given that there's a lot of nice races ahead for this horse potentially. Um you know, we've got the Derby, we, we, there's the Breeders' Crown. Um, he's not Vic Bread eligible, so we can scrap that one. Um, yeah. You know, and then if he's good enough, there might be the Bonanzas, the, the Chariots. Um, so we've sort of, that's why we sort of, after the APG gave him a, a, a bit of a spell, five weeks, and, and he only had the one trial back, uh, which he won. Uh, and both those horses have since won in town, I think. Uh, Relentless Me and Captain Pins. Um, and then since then he's ran a second, which I wasn't overly disappointed with, given it was if that was more of a glorified trial, really. Um, yeah. You know they've ran home in fifty-five too, and he's had to do it parked. So and and he's derived plenty of benefit from the run he's trained on since then. So um, look, I, I feel that whatever the whatever the outcome on Saturday night and potentially next week too, that he will come through with a better horse. Yeah. Um, I, I feel, yeah, regardless of the result, win, lose or draw, he's going to come through it even better. Um, you know, we've seen a similar form line, say, with Bondi Lockdown, who, who was unplaced in the in the Victoria Derby. And then from there on out after the Derby, virtually carried the three-year-old rank, didn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's sort of the approach we've taken with this horse. Yeah, that that run at Yarra Valley, I was there. I was working as the uh, race day photo finish operator. And Mick Bellman, he he almost at the 200 metre mark said, I've got enough out of what I want this race. I could gut this horse here and I could get stuck into him and, and maybe win the race or finish within a metre. He just let him roll to the line. They ran home in 27.6, 27.6. And as you say, it was a glorified trial, but Mick really drove him like that as well, if that makes sense. Hundred percent, and and you know what? I, I really I wish there were more horsemen like you in the world because uh, <laughs> because that's that's the perspective that Mick took. Yes, he 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 felt like a winner up until the two, and then 
at about the 100, maybe 50, he, he uh, sort of had enough and he didn't belt him up or nothing like that. So, um, no, I really appreciate that Michael didn't uh, knock him about like that. So Saturday night, in percentage terms, I still feel he'll be very close to his best, but it'll be almost like the 2700 will cap him off for to be mm-hmm. 100% the week after. That's just my gut feel, mate. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel very similar to that. Um, look, Michael will know what to do. It's obviously, the draw's not doing us too many favours from the back row, and, and given there's a few smarties in it. However... Um, Look, given the right run, and if he doesn't do too much work, um, I feel a lot of them will probably, a few of them will probably get found out over the distance, as yeah. is often the case over the longer, uh, over the long journey. However, um, look, our bloke relishes it. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed. That gold bullion final, it's well worth watching a replay of that. It was Jody Quinlan on that time, <laughs> Mick. If, if Mick's listening... He could come from – I feel you're going to get shuffled. I reckon there'll be some mid-race moves. You could be well back in the field. But if he gets home the way he did in that gold bullion final, he'll pass a lot of these and run top six for sure. I think so. Look, the main aim will be to qualify. Um, you know, probably all the all the big guns, as they've been quoted lately, will probably all go to war. You know, your leap to fames and, and your captain ravishings and all this. Um, which – Look, who knows? They they uh, that might not do them any favours, given that you know we have to race over the twenty seven hundred two times in a week. Um, so, yeah, I, I with the right run, if he if he gets a card up into it, he won't be very far away. No, no, hundred percent, mate. And I still think I still think he's going to be a better four year old than he was a three year old. He only had the two runs as a two year old, and you put him away. You've have raced him sparingly. He just looks to me, and and I suppose you're you're half learning as you go with this horse too. But your dad's been around some nice horses before as well. It just he just looks like, uh, and, and dare I say it, a chariots of fire horse more than you'll be a Vic Derby. But I still think he's a big chance in the Derby. I hundred percent feel the same. Look, I feel that the the district attorney we've we've been uh, dreaming and waiting for has um, is probably six six to nine months away. Yep. Um, he's just he's getting better all the time, and look, he's failed to disappoint us yet. You know, he hasn't missed a place in his <laughs> eleven or twelve starts to date. Yeah. Um, so look, that's why we sort of threw him in last week. We thought, all right, he's he's probably not quite a hundred percent, not even eighty percent. However, we know he'll run his ever consistent race. You know, we knew his heart would get him over the line, which you know may also be the case next week. You know, his his heart might get him over the line. Um, you know, obviously. Captain Ravishing and all, they're, they're, you know, extremely talented horses. And, um, you know, I credit to all the trainers for the fantastic job they're doing. However, I feel we'll see this horse match it with them and potentially even put them to the sword. You know, I don't know if it's too early to say. However, in 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 due course, you know, could be six months, could be 12 months, but eventually I feel he'll, he'll put it to them. Do, do, is there a race? If you could win one race with him over the next seven or eight years... What would the one race be, the absolute dream race for you, like? My absolute dream race, oh, would it'd be probably the Inter Dominion. <laughs> um, that's a race I dream of, um, and probably a Miracle Mile. Um, you know, in the in the short term, you know, it, it, for the long term for this horse, I, I, you can't put it past him because, you know, he, he's bred to do it. Um, 
given that really he's a Kiwi bred, really. He's only Australian because his mother got shipped here when she was in foals over it. Technically, he's a Kiwi. And you find that these Kiwis sort of get better with with age and experience and um, rather than these this new breed, which is more bred for speed than staying. Yep, yep. Um, so, look, I, I feel we'll see the better of him, the, the best of him the, with more time. The, yep. the, the longer we go, the, the better he'll get. There was a horse called Cruz Bromac that didn't really mature till late, and he won a race called the New Zealand Cup. That wouldn't be a bad thing to emulate either. You know what? You've actually you've given me a reminder when you asked me about them two races. I knew there was a race I'd missed. Yes, the <laughs> New Zealand Cup. Yes, you know I was there that day he won and uh, Cruz Bromac, the New Zealand Cup. And um, yeah, oh, since then it's just it's such a different atmosphere. Like you, you'll struggle to find a, a better atmosphere and a better day out than the New Zealand Cup at any race meeting in the world. It's just uh, it really is a different experience. And and I'd love to get my hands on the New Zealand Cup one day. That'd be fantastic. So for those that don't know, Crown Defender, the mother, is also the mother of Cruz Bromac. That was the, the link. So did did seeing Cruz Bromac win that New Zealand Cup, was that some sort of inspiration to go to the sales and buy this horse? 100%, yeah. When uh, That was in about November, the New Zealand Cup, I think, early November. Yeah. November, and, and the sales were probably, what, three, four months later. And I was scrolling through the catalogue, and I said, I said, Crown Defender, where do I know that name from? And then I kept <laughs> looking at the page. I said, oh, Cruz Bromac, okay, he's coming home. <laughs> he's coming home, 110, um, 110 lighter. 120, but yeah. 120, so, sorry, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, look, uh, he was always a looker, and uh, you always knew, even just looking at him, that he was only going to get better with age, um, you know, given his breed and, and his uh, confirmation. But I feel, given his confirmation, he can hold his speed for a, a, long, for a long period of time, So, uh, which will do him favours in the long run. Uh, so, look, fingers crossed he can do the job. However, I, I, there's nothing telling me that he can't at this stage. The, the name was very clever as well. By Carriage Under Fire, at a Crown Defender to come up with District Attorney, I thought was very clever as well. Was that you or was that your dad or did Celeste no, chip in that? No, that was credit to dad there. Credit, all credit to the, goes to dad there. I, uh, no, I, uh, naming rights were all in dad's hands, uh, which they often are. Yep. Um, so I just stay out of it when it comes to working them and uh, all that stuff. Yeah, leave that to me. But when it comes to naming them and feeding them, that's in Dad's hands, so I stay out of that. <laughs> now, now it's just one other thing to cat, touch on before you go. Uh, Cranbourne on Sunday. <laughs> it seems seems such such a smaller race in comparison, but it's a ten thousand dollar fifty one to fifty four final for Satchmo Strikes. Uh, look, he's come back a much much better horse this preparation for some reason. Um, yes, he has. I, I feel. Look, when he came from New Zealand in about November last year, we he didn't really have much time to unwind, and and he was uh, we had a lot of gear on him, and as you probably noticed in his first few starts here. However, uh, look, we just uh, after his last start, after his win at Yarra Glen, probably I think it was March or April. March it was uh, just before the uh, just before we went to Tassie. Um, he had a head check and he had under checks and all this jazz and. Uh, look, this time in, we, we removed a lot of that. We'd taken off his head check and, and just took the blocks off and taken every, everything 
you could think of, everything that was unnecessary. So all he's got now was a, a, a one-legged spreader to the uh, outside, uh, no head check, and that's him, open bridle. And he's appreciated it so much. Um, and he's come back a real good horse. Oh, not a, but he's come back a nicer horse. So I feel he can go a fair way, go through the grades this time in too. Um, you know, Sunday... The barrier draw is not obviously doing us any favours, and Cranbourne's not the greatest track in the world. However, um, look, with the right run, he can probably get the job done again. And from there on out, we'll have to potentially look for something uh, a lot harder, look for something nice for him. A lot harder, yeah, that's it. Because <laughs> he's he'll come yeah, out, he'll a lot come, harder, yeah. He'll come out of a fifty-one, fifty-four, and he'll be about a sixty-eight rider. It'll be unbelievable. Exactly right, and lucky. Look, Celeste has been an asset to have around in that regard, uh, in every regard, really. In, in, <laughs> Careful. Uh, her, having her around the horses, <laughs> having her around the horses and, and her driving and all this. And she's her I, I feel her driving is getting better each time she goes out there. She's getting more confidence. And um, look, yeah, that'll come with more experience. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 the horse, I feel he's only won over the short once. But if he draws the front row in a short distance race, I'd definitely, uh, I'd definitely keep him in mind because um, he does have a big, big motor. Um, so yeah, very good, Blake. I love having you on, mate. And uh, best of luck. Twenty-one years of age, and you've got a genuine chance in the Vic Derby, and and maybe a big five or six years ahead with District Attorney, and and for the right reasons, not the court reasons. So we're going to get to a break. Thank you, a million, and uh, best of luck to you and your dad and and to Celeste over the weekend. Thank you very much, Toby. You have a lovely day. There's Blake Caruana, who's doing a wonderful job with his father, Ted. They've gone into a training partnership. They were training them in a partnership anyway, so they just went into that, uh, formalised that partnership. We need to get a break away. Tomo, he's, he's getting nervous there. How long can this bloke waffle for? He's going to waffle into an ad break. And we'll come back to the other side with Mick Gurren. We'll have the news as well, and we'll have probably a 10-second segment in the middle of it all, but we'll have Mick Gurren in the next hour and Jamie Cockshut. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trots Life. Just Toby in the chair today. Just looking at Cruz Bromack, comparing him to District Attorney. They are brothers, of course, or half-brothers. Cruz Bromack, as a two-year-old, never raced. As a three-year-old, he had just the three starts. At, start, at his 12th start, he ran in a Chariots of Fire. As a four-year-old, went on to win 1.1 million, won the New Zealand Cup, New Zealand free-for-all, Len Smith-Miles. Ran third in the Inter-Dominion after winning the three heats. He's some sort of a horse. District Attorney, he's ahead of Cruz Bromack. He won two as a two-year-old from two. Now at 11 starts for four and seven. It'll be his 12th start on Saturday night in the New Zealand Derby Heat. Remembering Cruz Bromack's 12th start was a Chariots of Fire. It's almost 12 o'clock for the news. Mick Gurren up off the back. Interesting chat about these Inter Dominion nominations. Really looks like it's lacking some Kiwi Raiders. Welcome to Thursday Trust Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 736. Welcome back. Trot's Life, Toby McKinnon and Mick Gurren joining me. Mick, how are you, mate, and whereabouts are you today? 
Uh, Toby, I'm in Auckland, so I'm having a great time. There's a, a bunch of great races all over the place, um, and I'm sort of trying to work in mainly harness racing, but it gallops on top of that because there's a group one at Hastings on Saturday, and yeah. then next week I'm coming across your way, mate. I'm coming across for what's going to be a wonderful Victoria Cup derby and Oaks night, and man, I love that race meeting Saturday night. There's so much depth to it and so many really cool contests. Um, in some ways, I'm sort of hoping all the good horses for the second line and the Derby and the Oaks next week so we can have a bit more fun again. But <laughs> many of the good ones have got second lines this week, and I think that's going to make for a real strength for the Derbies and the Oaks races because they'll have to move, and they won't be the masters or mistresses of their own destiny. So I think it's going to be a really cool night on Saturday night. Yeah, there'll be a lot of cat and mouse going on as well, won't there? Just horses trying to qualify, and there'll be there'll be some interesting races, some intriguing affairs, and some unlikely scenarios, I'd imagine. Well, I think what you find in Victoria Derby heats in the past is is most times, uh, you know, the twenty to one chance will hand up to the two dollar chance. That's what usually happens because yeah. obviously they want to qualify. Yeah. So I think that being the case. You know, if a catch a wave or can't find a better man gets there first, they may get the lead. Captain Ravishing versus Leap to Fame. You might have those, whoever gets there first gets the lead or sits outside the lead and controls the race. Uh, and then the other horse has to go sit parked outside it. I think that's what happens. And, that, and that's impossible to tell because so many times in harness racing we kid ourselves well, horse A is following that horse B and horse B has great gate speed, but it very, really works out the way you want when you start talking about horses following each other out. It's a, unless it's barrier one, following a leader from barrier one, you know, I'll defy anybody to tell me that Captain Ravishing's going to end up in front of Leap to Fame or vice versa because who they're following out because you're then trying to predict the behaviour of four separate horses <laughs> at once. That's, that's a lot of predicting. Yeah, 100%. Now... I want to talk into Dominion rankings probably with you a bit more as well, but to, oh, is it disappointing the number of Kiwis coming over here? And that's the first part. And the second part, I think there's been a number of horses purchased out of New Zealand with an eye to running them into, in the Inter-Dominion series as well. I hadn't heard about the purchasing, but if you're purchasing a horse to run in the Inter-Dominions, it's probably not good enough to win the Inter-Dominions because yeah. the horses who can win the Inter-Dominion aren't for sale. Um, in saying that Bonsell Benjamin won it last year, but I don't think we're going to see that this year. Uh, it is disappointing. I, I, I can't understand why anybody wouldn't nominate all their horses yeah. because it's free, yeah. and, they, and then you work it out afterwards. But I rang a lot of trainers. I spoke to a lot of them and said, why aren't you nominating? What's the situation here? Including Mark Purden. Now, I'm not going to tell Mark what to do because he's in the Hall of Fame and I'm sitting in the lounge. But the one thing I would say is I think the $30,000 heat um, make people go, well, if I win a heat, I still only get 15K and it's not enough to cover the trip. I, I personally couldn't care about that. You're not going there to win the heat, you're going there to win the final. Um, I do think that the New Zealand Cup is such a tough week and to go to Victoria and travel around in the state and pitch some people off, again, I don't think it's a big a deal. It didn't seem to affect most horses last year in New South Wales. Probably what helps or affects it worse is the back end of the season there in New Zealand is very compacted. And one of New Zealand's biggest race days is smack bang during the Inter-Dominions. And we're going to see a lot more of this as we do with the Breeders' Challenge versus the Breeders' Crown, New South Wales to Victoria. 
everything's compacted. We almost don't have a winter of racing circuits. Obviously, mm. we have Queensland. But the back end of the season is so compact. Now, I'm not trying to defend anybody because people can do what they want. It's nothing really to do with me. But say you're Mark Purden mm. and you got self-assured. And, and Gene Feast wasn't that keen anyway. But say you're taking self-assured and say you do win the Inter-Dominion. Now, to me, that's awesome. I'll be the happiest person on the planet. But Mark's won a couple of them. I think he's on three, three of the last six. Yeah. And if he goes here and wins the Inter-Dominion and he's away from home and he misses the New Zealand derby and he misses a whole bunch of other stuff, and he doesn't have to miss it, but predominantly you want to go travel with your best horse. If you do that and you get 280 grand for winning or 300 grand for winning, you get 30,000. Now, 30,000 is a lot of money. A lot of people listening to this and go, wow, that's the most amazing thing in the world. But every time you go to a major carnival, you're putting your hand in your pocket. Not all the money goes back to the owners. So you're saying to yourself, okay, you know, I get my 25K. Is that going to change Mark Purden's life? I'm not saying that's the reason behind it. He's telling me that the horses are sound. He wants to keep them sound. He doesn't want to go through the pressure of a series. And, and again, that's his choice. But it's a different thing than Walla going to Melbourne to win the Melbourne Cup. You know, Walla goes to Melbourne to win the Melbourne Cup, which, ironically, he couldn't last year and very elegant won. But you can travel with these good gallopers, and it's worth a truckload of money to you. It's, it's worth you being there at your 75 or your 10% when the main stake's $4 million. But you say to yourself, you know, would I take a month out of my life if I was Mark Burden? Because it's a month away, more or less, to campaign a horse at the end of the millions. Would I take a month out of my life for 25K? Yeah, yeah, I suppose most people would, but we're not running a business the size of Mark Burden. Now, I'm not saying that's how it should be, but the other option is, of course, you're missing the New Zealand Derby at home, which is 200 grand or 250 grand. You're missing a Group 1 trotting race, which is 100K. So people would say it's a lot of money, but of course you can win that money at home. And if you are choosing to concentrate on one of those two things, Toby, the inter-dominion isn't enough to make you go, wow, you know, it's half a million. It needs to be up to a million dollars. And I'm not here to spend other people's money because I realise it's not, it's not worth that now. But I think for the inter-dominion to be the draw card it was heading forward, particularly for people who have won it before, because obviously that means, you know, it's not the novelty that it would be to you and I. I think it needs to be a million dollars, and I think the heats need to be 50,000. Mick. And again, it's not my money to spend, and I know there's heaps of other good races, but I personally believe the the Inter-Dominion at a million dollars and the heats at 50 uh, would be a far more value to the industry and then run the Eureka for 1.5 million, which still makes it the richest harness race pretty much in the world or close enough to it than having the Eureka at 2.1. That's, I'm not slagging the Eureka. This is not their fault. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm saying I think, that, I think that would be a better use of the industry's money, and I don't think anybody would downplay the Eureka at 1.5 versus 2.1. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, I, I'll ask you one. Uh, what about this? The end of Dominion stays in December. Should the winner of the New Zealand Cup get an automatic entry into the grand final of the Inter Dominion? Bang, you're in. So, no, self-assured no, wins the New I, Zealand I, I, Cup, think, goes straight in. I don't think it's fair. And I, I think too often, as we're seeing with people talking about the arc in Paris, we overreact to problems and say we want to change this or change that, or yep, people yep. saying they should have expanded the arc to three up to 24. I mean, imagine if someone told us we had to expand the Melbourne Cup to 26. We'd tell them to piss off. So, I think we can't panic about it. Money changes everything. 
if they entered a million, it was $5 million, everybody would be there, but it's yeah. not. Yeah. And under the current regime, we agreed to a certain amount of funding and we agreed to a certain state level. And that needs to change. Otherwise, the Inter-Dominion, because we think about it being the flag, being the grand final, you know, yeah. AFL last the week, NRL yeah. this week. That's what we think. But but the bottom line is, is it really? I mean, you know, cricket's changed. Test cricket may be the ultimate to some people, but the money is in T20 around the world. And you say to yourself, if we want to change that, we actually have the power to do it. It's not what we need to create a $10 million race to compete with the Everest. We just need to find an extra half a million to make it a million dollars and 50000 for the heats. And that's actually not impossible. Again, I'm not spending other people's money. I don't have that money to do that. But I think it's possible inside the industry to do it. And until we do do that, this time last year we had lots of conversations about trainers not going to New South Wales. And I remember having this conversation with you. I said, this will be exactly the same as Victoria next year. Yeah, yeah. I had this conversation with you on air. Because yeah, yeah, you did. People you did. don't want the hassle of travelling to three sets of heats for 30 grand when they feel like it's... Yeah, you can win a $30,000 race anywhere. Every race at Manangles with 20000 on a Friday night. Mm. I said that night, sorry. So I do think unless we bump up the money, it's easy for us to be critical of trainers. Do I think Mark Purden should have nominated Selfish? Well, sure I do. Of course I do. I would have nominated if he's mine. But I'm also not going to start spending other people's money and telling them where to race their horses because until we give it a stake level appropriate to the Miracle Mile or the two slot races we have now uh, or... You know the race next year, the El Dorado, or as we call it. And until we do that, we can't really expect the trainers to prioritise it as number one because the industry isn't prioritising as number one. Hundred percent, mate. I I know I don't, I don't. I'm not going to. I had a couple other questions. I want to leave it at that because that's a pretty strong way to finish. Thank you very much, mate. Good on you, brother. I'll see you there next week. I'm looking forward to coming to Melbourne, mate. I'm hoping to get a chance to come into the studio on Thursday and drink your guys' free coffee and have a chat. And looking forward to being part of the prior, the, uh, the carnival next Saturday night, bro. Sounds great, Mick. See you then. There's Mick Gurren. And yeah, he makes sense, doesn't he? Uh, $1 million inter-dominion, $1.5 million slot race. Just that sounds a more level approach and more appropriate to the prestige of what the Inter-Dominion is. Uh, I love having him on. He just speaks so much sense with stuff like that. And he does talk to the right people at that top level. Let's get a break away and we'll move into our Taz Racing segment. Uh, it'll be a bit of a change of tact, I suppose. So we'll get to Jamie Cockshut. We've got Caleb Williams, a young 19-year-old participant down there. He's making his way and in quite some sort of fashion too. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trots Life. Just Toby McKinnon in the chair today. Jamie Cockshut has joined me. Jamie, mate, firstly, how are you and uh, whereabouts are you today? Oh, I'm just sitting down um, talking to you, Toby, at the moment. Just having a bit of a break from a bit of work, mate. So I thought, well, you know, SEN always comes first. So I'll just put making some pies on hold for about a half hour, mate. Then I'll get stuck back into it. <laughs> making pies. It's hard to believe that you're in Vietnam making pies, talking on a radio station in Melbourne 
about Tasmanian racing. <laughs> you put it in well, I am, I, am a, I am a man of many talents, mate. You should know that by oh, now. Well, I've, I've heard a lot of people comment on that, but, uh, yes, many talents. Uh, now, I believe Caleb is there and on the line. Caleb, mate, uh, welcome aboard. And tell us, where, how are you and whereabouts are you? Not in Vietnam, please. Hey. G'day, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, no, I'm just in Tassie at work at the moment. What's work for you? Uh, I work for Christy Butler, so in the racing stable. Yeah, very good. Is that a is that a recent transition? Because you've only had a couple of drives for Christy, and uh, you had your first success on Sunday on the Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah, that's right. I've uh, started working for Christy about four weeks ago now, and yeah, it was good to get one home for her on Sunday. Tell us a bit about the Brooklyn Brawler because he's an ex-Victorian. He's been off the scene for some time, mate. So it was a big training effort to get him to get him to win first up. Yeah, that's right. He's had yeah, he's had a long time off, and um, we were a little bit a bit of a query going into this this all oh, that last race um, being first up. But he did everything right, and it was exciting to get the win. Now, just ignore the fact Jamie's on the line. Who's the uh, best horse there at, in the Butler team? Ah. Uh, yeah, I'll have to go Simmerman Beach. <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk off air about this further, but and you can give us your real answer. Ta- I, I, looking through your stuff, mate, I saw you've driven three winners at King Island as well. I, I, I'm keen to hear a bit about going to King Island and winning races. Yeah, well, I lived there for oh, pretty much my whole life. I moved to mainland Tassie maybe uh, two years ago now, but yeah, um, it's, a, it's a great little racing community and it, I highly recommend it. Do you, so do you drive the grass track? Because we've got a couple of grass track races coming up in Victoria. Do you drive the grass track any differently to what you would a normal track? Uh, yeah, it has its key factors. Like, well, you can't run the same times. It's always going to be a bit slower depending on the, the length of the grass. But over there, uh, it's just that they have the gallopers on it too. So it's quite, it is quite slower than a normal track. Um, I've driven on a grass track at St Mary's and it's completely different to each other. But, yeah, it's got its different factors to a normal normal track. So when you have the dual code race meetings at Kick... Is, are they on the same day, Gallops and Harness, the same day? Yeah, they have the... Well, they've got about two Gallops and then a Harness and then another two Gallops and another Harness. So it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. Is it bumpy with all the with all the divots the Gallopers leave? Yeah, it is. We got... Um, well, they have a, a volunteer go around before the harness event starts and they put put some markers about a metre and a half off the off the running rail but you still get a couple of divots and that from the gallops. 100%. I might uh, hand you over now to Jamie who might talk a bit more in depth about your upcoming runners on the weekend and a few other things. There you go there, Caleb. Yep, no worries, thank you. Good yourself? Yeah, not bad, mate, not bad. Yeah, okay. no, just, you know, you made the recent transition of uh, Christy and Mark and, you know, they're... They're two very talented horse people, and um, it'd be good to see how far your your career goes. Now you've driven just under forty winners, I see, and you know you've you do drive well, mate. And but you drive a lot better once your confidence is up, and it also matters if you get on the right horses as well. Do you agree? Yeah, that's right. It's, it's been good um, since I've moved to Christie. I've been getting a few other outside drives too earlier on, which was good, and it was good to drive yeah good quality horses and. Um, when you have them horses, you have a lot more confidence, and yeah, it's, it's good to get the success. 
We'll touch on the Brooklyn Brawler. Tobe's already mentioned it, but he was, he was a pretty high-priced horse from New Zealand about five years ago, to be honest, and I think he's had a couple of years off the track. And But he ran the gate really good the overnight, and um, you, you kicked up, and even though Smiley put a bit of pressure on you, you held your nerve, you held the lead, and, you know, that was a winning move. But, you know, he really toughed it out well when he was challenged halfway down the straight by Equity Stride, who loomed up. But um, he dug deep, and I'm sure he... Going to take a lot of improvement out of that run, and um, as long as he stays sound, he's going to have a decent future over the next six to twelve months in Tassie. Yeah, that's right. He had a, he had a few problems, which which made him have the the long break he had. Um, there was there was a couple of queries going into this run, as he's only had the one trial, um, and the owners have told us, and on his form, he's a he's a much better horse in front. So we decided to have a crack for a couple of hundred, and then. When we got to the top, I, I thought I probably drove him upside down. Really, he's probably a little bit more one pace than he is speed, but I thought I'd give him as easy as we could get it, and we didn't cop any pressure really. So that was that was ideally. We got a nice first half, and yeah, he dashed up late, which is really good, and he fought off that other horse nicely. Well, we'll we'll, we'll go go to Sunday night, mate. You you've got the one drive for Christy, a, a mare called Living on Prayer. Uh, she's always promised a lot. But she hasn't yet delivered, but she's had a stable change from Rowan Hadley. Rowan's obviously sent her across to Christie and Mark because Rowan's probably been pulling his hair out with her because she hasn't produced what she's promised to do on the track. Um, how forward is she and how's she, how's she working at home? Yeah, her work's been really good at home. Um, there's a nice handy filly coming through the ranks in the race. It's going to be hard to beat, but she's been working really nice and I think she can fill the placings for sure. Yeah, no, you're talking about Baby You, a song there, trained by Paul Ashwood and driven by Rowan. You know, you'll go around $1.50, but, you know, living on a prayer, on a best if she's right, mate, I reckon she can run the Quinella spot for sure. Um, we'll, we'll just touch on a few other things with you, mate. Like, you mentioned you was born in King Island. Um, you are born into the racing industry. You know, your pops are a bit of a legend over there in the training ranks. So just tell us a bit about, you know, how much of an influence he's had on your, he's had on your career and also your mother. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, Pop got a little bit sick uh, a few years ago now, and I didn't really have much of an idea of what was going on, but I decided I'd give him a hand because he needed it, and he, he loved the racing, and we didn't really want him to get out of it. So I decided to give him a hand, and after the first season, I, I thought I'd give it a go, and got into it, and I've loved it ever since. So he's been a huge part of where I started, and taught me a, a heap when I first started, and um, I can't thank him enough for that, and Oh, mum's pretty much me rock. She makes sure I'm, oh, I'm pretty hopeless, so she makes sure I'm always ready to go and <laughs> got all me everything sorted. And yeah, I can't thank them to enough. No, nah, that's good, mate. You know, being a, t- uh, a typical King Island boy, you, you're pretty down to work, mate. You just go with the flow, and um, like you mentioned, you know, you, you stick at it, mate. You're obviously doing it full time now. You're in the right stable, and if you pick up some out. So I drives with your claim. Um, you know, you're definitely going to go somewhere, that's for sure. And, you know, we miss on me not to mention your probably favourite horse of Hayden Bromack. You, you really had a bit of a purple patch on <laughs> Hayden Bromack here about five to six months ago. Yeah, that's right. He, he was a bit of a legend. Um, he taught me a lot about racing too in his own little way, which was pretty special. And, yeah, he'll be one of my favourites for a long time. Hey, Caleb, just... Just going yep. back to the King Island uh, stuff, mate. I know you're in second on Maju Dan a couple of years ago in the King Island Cup. Can we break the news here live on air that Samillion Beach is being set for the King Island Cup? <laughs> Look, 
<laughs> I'd love that to happen, but I think he'd be off a pretty big handicap. No, well, let's, let's, let's make it happen. We'll put him away and we'll bring him back for the King Island Cup. I'm sure, don't worry about the owners or the trainer or anything. Let's get it to happen. It'd be great for you to win the King Island Cup. Well, Nadine, in all seriousness, you'd love to win that race, sure. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely one of the... Oh, there's a couple of big races, but I'd love to win my home country cup. And, yeah, it'd be pretty special. What are the other ones, the big races, that you, you, the, you'd love to win? Oh, every childhood dream in the harness racing, the Inter-Dominions, the Miracle Miles and all that, but there's a long way to go. <laughs> Back to you, Jamie. Sorry, mate. I just wanted to pencil Samillion Beach in for that race. Yeah, no, oh, mate, you never know, mate. You know, he uh, might be a race we need to set him for to win a race with him again, Toast. But, um, but just touching on Caleb, mate, you know, like like I just mentioned, you're a pretty down-to-earth fella, mate, you know, I'm... I'm wrapped that you're, you're sticking at the game. You've been in it a few years now. Like a lot of people come and go, but, you know, you've, you've committed to it. You're in the right stable. And, mate, I just wish you all the best over the, you know, the coming seasons. And, you know, just put your head down, mate, bum up, and work your, work your clacker off, and you never know what sort of opportunities will come your way, buddy. Yeah, that's right. It's good to, good to be around a, a great bunch of people. And, yeah, just work hard and hope for the best. Well, thanks a lot for coming on, mate. Good luck Sunday night. Hopefully you can cause a minor upset, but, you know, if you run second on Living in a Pair, I'm, I'm sure um, all the connections would be happy to run second behind Baby Your Song. Yeah, thank you. There's Caleb Williams. We might, Jamie, get to the news, the 12.30 news. We'll come back. Uh, we'll get your tips in the next uh, 20 or so minutes as well and might have a chat about a few other little things I've got pencilled in as well. The SEN app is now compatible with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. So connect your car now to listen anywhere, anytime. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trots Life. Before we get into some tips, Jamie, mate, uh, have you had a, much of a look at Melton on Saturday night or have you been too busy making pies? Well, I've been a bit too busy making pies, so, but I just had a bit of a look and, yeah, you know, it's a pretty impressive meet and, you know, it's just a pity I won't even be able to have a gamble, mate, because I'll be working. What? But it is a crackerjack night of harness race, and that's for sure. Well, what is, what is, so what's, on Saturday night at 7 o'clock, what would the time be there in Vietnam? 4 p.m., mate, 4 p.m. So awesome. I start 7.30, go to 2, then shut for two hours, then open again at 4 p.m. and go through to 10 p.m. So Because it's like a restaurant as well or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's a restaurant and everything, mate. It's four levels, four-storey restaurant, and uh, pizzas, burgers, pies, bloody fried chicken, every, everything you can think of that's pretty popular in Australia, mate. I'm trying to bring to Vietnam and um, let's cross our fingers and toes. I can make a bit of a... a Bit of a go at it and you know, be successful, but yeah, no, it's a pretty decent setup, mate. Overlooking you know, Westlake, you know, million dollar views, and yeah, it's a pretty decent setup, mate, that's for sure. What about have you started on a harness racing track there yet? Well, my intention when I come to Vietnam five years ago, I got the, the herd that the Korean um, gambling co- corporation was going to build a track in Anoya racetrack, yeah. And I've already had a few discussions with it. But then COVID come, worse luck. But it's all back on plan. And 2025, there will be a horse racing track in Hanoi. A gallops, no, not harness. A, gallop, a gallops car, yeah. We know a harness car here, mate, worse luck. But um, there is going to be a 
the plans is for a galloping track, a bit like Tabcourt Park, you know, poker machines, casino, accommodation and all that sort of stuff, um, based yeah, in, yeah. you know, the capital of Vietnam, Hanoi. I'm free the, the night that opens to go with you if you want. Oh, you're right, mate. You can come over any time, mate. I've got a, <laughs> I've got a spare couple. I've got a spare room or two for some guests, mate. If they want to come over. Oh, that, I've seen, I've seen pictures or video of your place. A spare room or two. It's a, it's a mansion that you're living in. It's a palatial uh, mansion. <laughs> it's, it's pretty decent, mate. No, it's a, it's a good setup, mate. Yeah. Pr- Prince Charles could be living in there as well, and you wouldn't even know. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I probably wouldn't talk to him that much. I'd, I'd talk to Prince Harry and Prince William, but, you know, I, I don't know about Prince Charles and, you know, talk to Kate, no worries. Don't worry, I'll talk to Kate more, more, than, more than enough if I had the possibility. Look, uh, we better take a break here. We'll get a little break away uh, for four minutes and we'll come back and we'll do all your tips for the weekend, mate. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back. It is your Thursday edition of Trots Life. Toby McKinnon and Jamie Cockshart, our Taz Racing experts. Now, Jamie, uh, got a little bit of time here, so you don't have to rush through them like we do sometimes with the tips. Race six, number nine, IC Double at Hobart is the first of your best. Yeah, he was super last time, Toby. Found the lead. He caught pressure all the way. I think the horse at Sat Park got beat 150 metres and he kept battling away and got beat a metre. Um, he's going to be the the hunter this week and not the hunted, and I reckon that'll see the um, the difference. And I think he he's the better than night. You know, I reckon we'll get three dollars, three dollars fifty. Then we go over to race eight, number three, Captain Cosmonaut. You know, I tipped him last week. Um, he sat by on the leader, dashed up good, but the leader got a picnic in front of 66 first half. They dashed home 57 or 56 something. I think he got beat a metre. He's drawn three. More than likely, the pole mark will leave, but he's just knocking on the door and he's racing well, and I reckon he's a good gamble to the $3.54 mark. We'll go across to race four, number nine, Donnie in Paris, or race eight, number eight. Race, race four, four, number eight, eight, I think it is. Yep, yep it is. Donnie in Paris. He's drawn to follow the likely leader. Um, Southshore, who's racing really well, and like Southshore will give a good kick. And if Donnie can just stick to its back and you know just peel off at the top of the straight, I reckon he'll go pretty close. And he sh- we should get five or six dollars. So he's a each way bet to nothing in race that, four. That pole horse is missing rock. Oh, missing rock is it? Not Southshore. I've got the races mixed up, mate. Yeah, yeah. I've got the races mixed. I'm going to the next race. Southshore's in. Yeah. So either way, missing rock will give a good kick, and um, I reckon Donnie gets every chance to. To run her down. Then we'll go over to race five, number eight, Major Assassin. He's got no form whatsoever to recommend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But but he drops in grade. He's got he's gonna be on the peg, so he's gonna do no work. And if he brings anything like his best, you know, he'll he'll just about win and you know, South Shore's number one in this race and he's going well and he he'll lead. So let's hope the major can just Get a bit of zest back into those those legs, and I reckon he's a good. He'll give a good side at double figure odds. And then we'll go up to Launceston on Sunday night. It's a pretty good meeting at Launceston, Toby. Um, the show Tasmanian Horse Transport Show Cups are a really good addition, and they're good. Some good races on the card, competitive racing. But we'll go with the Show Cup race six, number seven, hard Jeep. Twenty two hundred. He's off thirty metres, which yeah. mathematically is nearly impossible to win. A, under them circumstances. 
But he's a good horse. Um, if any horse can overcome it, it's him. And I'm just hoping he, he gets away well and if he can just get into the race before the bell and if he's up outside the leader, I reckon he'll prove too tough for his rivals. Um, if he gets trapped through wide, he's going to have his work cut out. But I'm just banking on Toddy Rattray to get him up out there, get out outside the speed and you know, just bully his rivals into the ground. Who will uh, lead, do you yep. reckon? It's a, it's a pretty tricky race, you know, like... Um, because it's a stand start, you know, you got the ones on the inside, but, you know, look, B-Major threat begins like a bullet, and he, he's off he's off 10 metres, so it wouldn't even shock me if he speared through early, you know, because he begins so wow. quick. yeah. Um, you know, so it's it's just one of them tricky races, and, you know, Diamonds and Cash is going really well, but he missed away last time under stand start conditions, so... And then you've got Colby Sands. He rises in grey, but he loves a stand start. So it wouldn't shock me if he pinged you across from, from Barrier Street. But, um, but those three horses, honestly, I don't think you're in the same class as Harjeet. So he's just got to get away on even terms with Harjeet. And I reckon he can get the job done. And, you know, we'll get $3. I reckon he'll start shorter because a few of the serious panels will realise he's the best horse in the race. Well, Col- and the other good thing, I'll go with Colby Sands. Right, he won a few starts back over the stand start conditions in two minutes point seven, thirty point eight, thirty one three, twenty eight six, twenty eight six. If he replicates that, I know it's at a different track and all that, but if he replicates that and can get to the front, it'd be nearly impossible to beat. No, I totally agree, mate. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. You know, totally agree. That's where you know, like, you know, hard really have to go one. You know, 158 off the 30 metres to win, which is near enough impossible. But yeah, I'm just hoping that, you know, he can, if he gets up outside him, move inside the bell, I reckon he'll prove too strong for it. His last run, he was three wide for the last lap and a half, and he got beat a metre under similar circumstances. So yeah, yeah, okay. if he can get outside the leader instead of being three wide, I reckon that can be the difference. But you're right, Colby said, whatever lobs on top, and if they can go two minutes, well, the back markers can't, can't win mathematically. It's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah, interesting race. Love it. Uh, it is. And then we'll go to race nine, number six, Bridwood Bella. Um, finds, a, finds a right race. You know, Rowan Hilly jumps in the gig, and I just think she's too classy for her rivals. Don't be surprised to see him run the gate. She can run the gate, and being off the front row, she finds lobs on top, and I reckon they'll run her down. The value runner comes up, race two, number two, Buster William. This is a pretty good even race, but Mark Yale's... Drawn barrier two, he'll take advantage of that. We're, I don't know if he can bully his way to the lead or not, but if he does, I reckon he, he will win. But he can still win if he's just sitting up outside the leader, dictating from there, or even lobbing 1-1. One, one. But he looks a good each-way bet in race two. And a couple of odds come up. Race five, number eight, Cool Scooter. Just drawn to get the right run. Not a lot of form to recommend, but you know, if the gap's open up, don't be surprised to see him hit the line at you know, 20-1. And over to race eight, number two, I'm quite American. First up was OK under stand star conditions. Gets back to the mobile, drawn barrier two, and I reckon he can run a decent race at you know, 10 or 12 to 1 from there. And then we'll go Aquati. First leg, 1, 3, 6, 8, 10. Second leg, 7. Third leg, 1, 2, 7, 8, 9, 10. Last leg, 2, 5, 6, 7, 12 and 13. $60 to give us 33.3% of the dividend, mate. Very good. I'll, have, I'll give you two tips. Race three, number three. Beast mode and race, race six, number three, Colby Sands. Beast mode well, just for a laugh. I've actually tipped beast mode on top, mate, to be honest. Have you? Uh, he's, he's going all right. He's, he's been going all right. He's, he's got him in a middle form and he's got a good draw. And if he can take advantage of it, I reckon he'll run really well. But 
I'm just looking at the meeting of Milton, and you mentioned it. Geez, it is a cracker, Jack Milton, isn't it? <laughs> it is. A, <laughs> it is a cracker. And and Derby heats and Oaks heats. They're such unique affairs because some are trying to just qualify, some are trying to win. There's so there's so many, you know, uh, different ways the race can unfold. It's uh, permutations to it is unbelievable. Oh, it is, mate. And the 2,760 metres are going to find a few of them out. It's definitely if they truly run early, you know, because a couple of the more fancy three-year-olds, as we know, Captain Ravishing and um, Catch a Wave can't do off tend to get row. a bit keen in the run. And they're off the back row. It's a, and, and they're off the back row. So <laughs> it really, you yeah, know, they're going to be cracker jack races, as you mentioned, mate. Like, um, yeah, you know, they are. Yeah, I like to put a few bets on before I start my shift, mate, and um, tune in and watch the replays of a night time about checking the results, I reckon, because... It's one of the best cards I've seen for a long time at, at Melton. Yeah, and Sandy Week will be even better when all the finals are on and the, Vic, the Victoria Cup as well. Jamie, mate, yeah. thank you very much. I'll let you get back to making pies and sausage rolls and uh, chicken palmers and everything else that's so Australian in Vietnam. <laughs> yep, no worries there, mate. There's Jamie Cockshut, our Taz Racing expert. Been a uh, great edition of the Thursday Trots Live. Big thanks to Tim O'Connor, who's... I think the plan is he's just going to jump on each week for Tim's Leaky Shower, the new segment, uh, which is going to hold its name, I'm telling you. The Leaky Shower. He's going to leak news out through uh, the Leaky Shower, Tim's segment. I just love it. For those that don't know the story, well, you'll have to just, I uh, know. He, uh, he was on with me one day, and uh, in the background, you could hear this sort of tap running or something, and... Uh, he went and had a look, and it was his shower leaking. Uh, we, I thought at the, on air he was doing something else on a live cross, which would have been just uh, hilarious if he had have been doing that. Anyway, Tim's Leaky Shower, a new segment will open up on most Thursdays. Uh, my judging and uh, photo finish operating commitments, which, as many people would know, changed significantly recently, uh, mean I'll be away for a couple of Thursdays. So there'll be a bit of a difference over the next two Thursdays, two or three, uh, three Thursdays it'll be, in fact. Uh, but, yeah, moving forward, uh, we'll keep that segment in place. Mick Gurren should be in studio by the sounds of it next week. It'll be the Friday Form Panel tomorrow with Jason Ponnington. We'll be back hosting the Friday Form Panel. Don't forget, if you missed it, Darren Carroll's tips for today and tonight. Race three, number two, Mr. Nien. Race seven, number one, Hello, IT. And tonight at Swan Hill, and I can concur with him, race seven, number three, Koo Cohen, $460.80. Looks the leader in that race. It's going to love the, the longer trip, and it's also uh, going to love the stand start conditions. It's third up from a spell. It's been getting to the line well. It really maps like a real Chris Sinocio trotter third up. Uh, I love them when they're third up. The sort of third, fourth, fifth up, the Chris Sinocio trotters. I think it will go very, very close. The first at Melton is only uh, a minute away here. We're going to get out of here in about a minute's time. So we won't be able to take that first race at Melton. I'll just have a quick look here uh, at the field. Oh, yes, this is a, uh, a lowly rated race. And the favourite is a Ben Yol train runner for Bailey McDonald. Nicole's Cruiser with Metro Man for Jordan Leadham starting off its back. It'll be the one I'd be keen to have a little play at if any Metro Man should start. Uh, should It's either going to be leaders back or three back the fence, $650.95. It's a bit of good each way value. Uh, should get your money back if it runs a drum. 
the the two better fly high and uh, Blue Ocean, both for Glen Bull, are uh, in the race. Baccarat, the three for Ben Yol and Robert Walters taking the drive. It may end up crossing here and getting to the front, Baccarat. It could be Yol, 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 four, three on the pegs. And they could very well run the Quinella, uh, the trifecta. He's doing a wonderful, wonderful job, Ben Yol. Uh, people talk about him having eight or nine runners in a race, but what does it matter who trains the other runners in a race? If you've got a horse in a race and there's nine others, there's nine other trainers of the horses. Does it matter if they're nine individual trainers or nine different trainers? What does it matter? Just compete against the nine horses you've got to race against. Sick of hearing about it. Let's get to a break. We've got... Off the back of this, the Palmer Bet uh, segment. Cam Luke's going to do that, and joining him for the rest of the afternoon will be the 38-time champion of SEN Track, David Taggart. Mm-hmm.